Hello everyone, this is Jennifer Bryant and welcome to the Practical Family Podcast where we are building strong foundations and healthy homes. Welcome back to the podcast, friends and family. Today we're talking about adoption and God's heart for family. Now if you've been following the hit series, This Is Us, you have been able to witness examples of the adoption and foster care system as depicted in this show. And from what my friend Esther McDaniel tells me, that is one of the most accurate portrayals that she's ever seen. So we're going to have her talk to you today about what it's like, conceptions and misconceptions about what it means to bring in foster children or to go through the adoption process. And then ultimately what God's heart is for, for that. He is he has said in, in his word that we've been adopted as sons and daughters into his family. And so how we see families in need, children in need, children who've been abandoned, abused, neglected, how his heart really is for them and for us as the community of believers to surround them with love. So join me today as I interview Esther McDaniel from Harvest Family Life Ministries as we talk about adoption and God's heart for family. Hey Esther, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor. Now, where we are right now, actually, uh, Practical Family listeners, we're at uh, First, First Baptist Church, Wahiwa, on the North Shore of Oahu. And we're here because the church has specifically set aside uh, an entire room, and they call it Kokua Closet. Yes. And can you share with us what, what does Kokua mean? Oh, Kokua is to help. When you're helping someone, and so it seems like such a perfect name in that it's Kukua Closet, and it's much bigger than a closet. It's an actual room. Jen's seen the size of it and just Mm -hmm. um, commented, actually, on the size of it, and we're so grateful to First Baptist Church of Wahiwa for allowing us to reach the community this way, and specifically the community of currently um, children currently in foster care, children and youth formerly in foster care, so we can serve even children who have aged out of the system children who are not adopted um, by the time they were 18 and finding themselves now in complete independent living. We have had many fun conversations and um, very serious ones about the this issue surrounding adoption and foster care. And you and Brad have been a part of Harvest Family Life Ministries for how many years now? We started officially in 2012. Okay, okay. And you are actually traveling pastors. You 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 can call yourselves missionaries. Yes, yes. So we function as orphan care missionaries. Mm-hmm. We visit churches on Sundays or Wednesday nights, whenever there's a church service available. And the church would have us, you know, come in and talk about the plight and the need that exists in foster care. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wanted to bring you on today, because your specific experience in this area, I mean, I don't think that there's a doubt in anyone's mind how important it is to bring in orphans, you know, to bring in the children who have been abused, maybe neglected, their parents are just not making wise choices and, and, and they suffer for it. And so the statistics, though, that you were sharing with me earlier about what's happening, not just across the United States, we have 430,000 kids in need right. of homes across the, the United States, 140 million around the world. But in Hawaii alone, in our small set of islands where we live in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, there are 2,700 foster kids and only 
600 licensed homes. Yes, and actually it's 600 licensed homes on Oahu. Oh, but that's even just on our still island. thinking about the dense population on Oahu, right? Mm-hmm. That number should be hopefully at least a thousand, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but definitely it needs to be more than just the less than 600 each other. But also families who are not, you know, have not done like foster care or have not adopted, but they're interested in it or they just have a heart for that, but are in a different season in life and can come alongside a family who is fostering or adopting. Oh, see, now that's that's an interesting place to be because I know that there there's a lot of heart behind wanting to help. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's... We often say it's one thing to give to a charity organization, but it's another to personally invest your time and bring a child into your home, whether they're a newborn baby or a teenager. I mean, there are so many kids in need. So so what I'd like to address today on Practical Family are really the... Well, so we'll start talking about the misconceptions because that's what, that's what I really wanted you for is to, to reveal... The things that you have seen that come from potential care caregivers, I, I, what would you sure. call them that? Potential parents, potential, yes. potential foster potential parents. Potential caregivers, potential foster parents. Mm-hmm. So there are two ends of the spectrum then. The, the, the folks who are interested and have a huge heart and think that, oh, it's going to be wonderful and beautiful. And parts of it are, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> and then we're going to address the other side that, you know, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of potential... I don't know, hazards related to bringing someone into your family, right. maybe someone who's been neglected, abused. So let's speak to, to both of those camps. So what are some misconceptions that you've experienced in your years dealing with families? Sure. I think um, one of the real basic ones is just right off the top that my family can't do this. Mm. <laughs> There's space considerations or maybe um, lifestyle considerations, you know, to working parents or I'm single, I cannot foster. Mm -hmm. That's another misconception. But really step back, pray, and think about what you're saying is the barrier to you providing foster care or bringing an additional child into your home, maybe through adoption. Really pray and think about that. Um, Because if God's calling you, he always provides a way to equip you for that call. So that's one thing that you just, I don't want people to automatically just discount or um, put themselves on the bench, <laughs> per se, yeah. and think that, I just can't do this. I couldn't, I couldn't do this. There's a lot of resources out there. There are organizations like this that connect you to other families where you could look and into it and meet other families that are doing this. So some of those misconceptions are off the bat, like, I can't do this. I'm not equipped to do this, we can help you with that and really figure out, are you just discounting and looking at your weaknesses and look instead of looking at your strengths and the things that God has blessed you with in order to reach more children in foster care? Um, definitely fear, fear that this child might hurt me or this child might hurt my other children in the home, you know, mm-hmm. or they might destroy my property. Um, our founder, Aaron Blake, and his wife, Mary, actually um, had six boys in their home at one point. And you can go online and just read this story, but they had an accident with 
I don't know if it was a candle or they left something on and they burnt their house down. <laughs> oh my um, goodness. <laughs> and today they're all, you know, nationally speaking about foster care, doing what we're doing on a national level. Um, and so that story has been redeemed, that mishap that they thought for sure, you know, Uncle Aaron and Aunt Mary's going to return us to the state because we've done less things in another home. Our behaviors that have not been about burning someone's house down mm. has re- had us return to the state custody and foster mm-hmm. care, but they didn't do that to us. They showed us the love of Christ and showed us how mm-hmm. we can move on and practice forgiveness and give grace and mercy. But oh, That's incredible. It's yeah. all about grace, right? <laughs> yes. It's all about grace. So, so the fears that that these parents face, it, it, it really just depends on whether they're, they're called. Is that how yes. you would say? Is that how, mm-hmm. how does that conversation go when you meet with somebody who's interested but just doesn't know how to move next? Yes. You know? So um, I love that because we give lots of information, what sometimes can feel overwhelming. But if someone comes to talk with us about, I'm interested in foster care or adoption, and sometimes they don't even understand a lot of the lingo that's around you know, getting licensed, what does that mean? What is a resource caregiver? Like that's that's the current term for foster parent mm-hmm. is resource caregiver. Um, we give them lots of information, lots of options to look at different ways, different age groups of parenting, of foster parenting. Um, and we also talk with them about some practical tools. Like if you're talking about being fearful that a child might, a child that comes into your home might harm one of your birth children, there's... Um, if you want to say training, but mechanisms like having certain set of rules of keeping everyone safe in the home. Like I sleep in this bed and you sleep in that bed in that room. Mm-hmm. Just really some basic tools. That's probably a better way to put it. Tools in your toolkit in regards to people's safety. And so a lot of times when we give that educational piece, it helps people to then be able to think about, was that just an unfounded fear or was that a real fear? Mm. Is that a fear that I can overcome? Or is that just not going to work for me? Mm. Like, no, I can't get past that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so a lot of sorting out and processing when people come and talk with us. Good, good. And, and what a great thing to know, too, that, that you folks as the in-between organization is, are, are there to help to support families. Because we hear families all the time say, well, I think I have a social worker. I haven't heard from them in a long time. Oh, <laughs> you know, yes. that can happen. Not, yes. not every time. Um, but just the, that support or the lack of support or just, you know, I'm having second thoughts and what, what did I get myself into? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or, hey, we really love this child and we'd love to adopt them, but the paperwork process is is a beast, mm-hmm. you know, right. help us to get through this, you know. So it could very easily go both ways. But um, but so how, how do you see, you and Brad see yourselves called then to to this specific ministry? And what has the Lord taught you from it? Wow, taught us so many things and um, really seeing, too, that as you're addressing the different facets of the process or different facets of the experience, you know, the social worker's not answering my call or the paperwork that's taking so long. Yes, we have definitely seen gaps in the system and all the more so a reason why the church should be getting engaged. All the more so why the body of Christ, like we have attorneys, we have doctors, we have nurses, we have wonderful therapists that, you know, serve the Lord and have skills and abilities and talents. But even if you're not a professional, say that um, you are an artist and it's a hobby or you love to raise plants 
or even animals, you know, those kinds of gifts and abilities that the Lord has um, imparted upon, you know, those of us in the body of Christ can definitely share that with children. And a lot of times that's where we're bridging, again, some gaps in introducing children who are in foster care with this wide array of very gifted, talented, intelligent Christians in our community mm. that then become part of their lives as a long-term blessing. Mm. So definitely feel called to this and definitely see so many creative and resourceful ways of connecting people. And, you know, to be part of our Harvest Family Life Ministries, this network of families, you and I, Jen, were talking about how not everybody's a Christian. We don't want to for people to to think that, oh, I have to be a Christian in order to receive services or in order to come to a meeting that Harvest Family Life is putting on. Mm -hmm. It's open to the public. So, Oh, that's beautiful. What a beautiful way to integrate family. Uh, the, I mean, the community structure with mm -hmm. the family. But yes, the church, the church's involvement. That is absolutely necessary to, to support this facet of family life. And this is why Again, why we're, we're talking about the adoption and fostering um, issue on practical family because of all the, the traditional family structures, you know, there's a whole lot more of, of this going on right now. There's a, you know, a lot of tragedy and brokenness in our society. So yes. the answer to that call should not put families on the outskirts because they're bringing in people who are not biologically related, if, if some were to have felt like that or felt like the church didn't understand or their community didn't understand. Mm -hmm. But let's all bring this into one piece and come together with our gifts and talents, as you yes. said, to support and love on these children. I know I love that um, uh, one of the ladies at our church reached out to you guys and and, and you came and really encouraged her to, to be the point of contact for this ministry. And she was already bringing in foster babies. And yes. I see her every, every month, really, with a different baby, depending on her placement. And we'd love to just hold on her babies and, and love on them and, and just wonder, gosh, where's this one going next? Is this one going to stay, you know, praying mm -hmm. over them? And so when the church surrounds these families, it's an incredible blessing, Incredible. Um, I wanted you to talk a little bit about, though, this whole idea of, I know in Hawaii we use the word hanai. Can yes. you explain what hanai means in our culture and then God's heart for adoption? Oh, absolutely. And just both my family and Brad's family, if you want to talk about hanai, have practiced that. My mom has two sisters that are hanai sisters, so basically that... These were two sisters from another family that my grandparents brought into our family just as their own. So you're just like carrying them into your family and there's no, um, if you would say, obligation because we're not blood related, but they just bring them into our family and they become part of our family. So what is one of those other words like engrafted? We're engrafted into the family of God. And so similar to what God has done for us and that we were orphans and who was our father? Really, we were in the kingdom of darkness belonging to the enemy per se. And here we are now that because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, that we have come into the kingdom of light and that we are sons and daughters 
of our Abba Father who loves us beyond anything that we can understand. We can't even grasp how much he truly loves us. So then why not, as having experienced that, we too, we may be not earthly biological orphans the way that we think of it in our you know, human minds, but spiritually we were orphans and adopted by this great king of the universe and sharing that with children now in our daily lives why wouldn't we bring children into our homes when we've experienced that kind of love Mm -hmm. that we can share with them we don't have to be perfect parents Mm -hmm. (laughs) right again grace and mercy and we'll practice forgiveness Mm -hmm. but also all of that hope and joy and peace that's found in jesus Mm -hmm. amen and we talk about we love because he first loved us yes absolutely yeah it really makes no difference because as you said we were all we all had to be adopted into God's family Mm -hmm. and and what a beautiful picture that that um uh the the apostle Paul paints of that it's really based on one of the their Roman laws and during that time where adoption was absolutely legally sealing binding there Mm -hmm. was no difference the same inheritance across the board and I just have always loved that picture because we have that inheritance right and if we can Mm -hmm. act that out um, if, if, if not by taking in children on our own, but by supporting the families that do. Right. So <clears throat> this is why, why I'm so glad that we're here right now too, that you just showed me Kukua Closet, because we want to encourage, um, pastors and other leaders and other churches across the nation, wherever you are listening right now. I mean, we're over here on a tiny, tiny Island in the middle of the Pacific ocean, but we know that if you're on the mainland and you have, churches on larger pieces of land and larger buildings we have we have like a what is it like a 10 by 20 mm-hmm. space yes <laughs> that's yeah. everything is squished into and i'll show you pictures in the show notes too of what we're talking about families but if you know churches and ministries even um even the mats and trucks you were saying right yes tell us about yes. that how that's an option yes so we partner with hamakua baptist church that created hanai hamakua and um, the leaders there are Joe and Emily Rogers. And same thing, they're connected to Harvest Family Life Ministries, and they created a foster and adoption ministry there in their church. Not very many families in their church. It's not like a huge, you know, 150 families or something. It's like, I don't know, 25 families. And to my last, um, what I heard, I think it's like seven or eight of them are licensed for foster care. And someone else in their church had this grand idea of like they'd already started their own cuckoo closet. They call theirs a cakey closet. And it was just in the corner of the sanctuary. They used some dividers and just started collecting clothing for children and different things that children would need. Mm-hmm. But someone wrote to Matson just saying, hey, could you help us out? You know, we have this little cakey closet. Told them what it was for, children in foster care, currently and formerly. And Matson turned around and gave them a complete whole container that I guess they were no longer using it and the church is going to convert that into store but Mattson brought it out to the church property so it's there and they're going to convert it oh talk about using your community resources (laughs) yes think think where where and how can local businesses even pitch in and help and we're asking for donations a lot of businesses out there need tax write-offs literally that's right so if if, uh, they give to your church who probably already has their own 501c3 happening if not another um, adoption or fostering um, 
uh, in-between kind of organization can right. receive donations like that. Um, any of that is possible. I love it. Well, Esther, as we close today, because there's just so many directions that we can go for families to prepare for bringing in a child into their home. We talked about, and as we, we talked about what it means to live as a healthy family, he even here on Practical Family, that, that physical, mental, spiritual, emotional yes. health. How can families prepare to take that on in yes. their home? Well, absolutely. The first place we always advise, if you want to say or share with families about preparation, is definitely prayer. As if you're a single person, you know, pray about it. If you're a husband and wife, you two start praying about it, but also pray about it with the children or if you have um, elderly parents, like if this is a multi-generational home, everybody needs to be on the same page about it. If there's someone in the household that doesn't feel comfortable, I would take that as a sign to like, hold on, <laughs> let's stop if you've started the process. But really, everybody needs to be in agreement to being open to having heart and home open um, when considering foster care or adoption. So definitely prayer and meeting with all the different members of the household and the family being on the same page. And then call us um, locally, Harvest Family Life Hawaii. Um, there's lots of resources across the nation that can help you in regards to preparation for licensing. But here specifically in Hawaii, you can call us. We work also with um, the agency that does the licensing, but we also have training, and the state provides training. So there's other facets once you've made that decision that you're going to take that step and, and bring more children into your family. The children who come with trauma, how do you best explain to parents why they need to prepare for something like that? Children, as we often say, children from hard places children who have been abused, neglected, and we're talking about abuse can be physical, emotional, verbal, sexual, all different types of abuse. Neglect could be simply not caring for their most basic needs, you know, feeding them, giving them shelter, but it can also be medical neglect or, or educational neglect. When a human person experiences that child or not, some of your brain structure changes Sometimes your little, literally in areas of your brain may shrink or it just becomes unhealthy. So now trauma has impacted the growth or the development of your brain. And then that we see behaviors and we see negative choices when sometimes that's coming out of trauma. So we try to help families understand that if you're coming from a healthy family that's raised, you know, your children that some of the things that you may have parented with your children may not work, may not be successful with children who come from hard places, who come from a place of a traumatic background. And we can help with that too. We have training called Empowered to Connect that's based on um, evidence-based, trauma-informed, attachment-informed, as well as biblically based from the perspective that we teach it. And it... Um, that can only help you in the process of wanting to bring children into your home and wanting to be part of the healing process. But it's also for us as caregivers, how do we best respond and trying to keep ourselves healthy to help our little ones or even our teens or young adults? Yes. Oh, absolutely. And that leads right into 
the last point that we were talking about before about support and mm -hmm. how important it is to talk with other um, other families who've done this yes. you know families who've gone before you and have tried it and come out still as, as much in love with you know these children as as before you know it's it's hard it's difficult but but what I hear from them is that it's worth it. Yes. <laughs> I mean, at least it's, it's, a, it's a journey, but it's worth it. For sure. And getting Absolutely. together with those families is important, yes. Yes, for sure. And we have a couple of different uh, ways that that works. We have some formal groups that meet um, monthly, one in Nanakuli and one um, in the central Oahu area. But just even families coming alongside families in just natural everyday life and sometimes that has happened out of a family fellowship group maybe a couple of families connect in a family fellowship group and then during the week they're getting together or even just calling each other because something that they notice about one of their kids and did you see this have you ever experienced this with one of your children or um, especially in our special needs medical fragile community of parents um, the system there is so much to learn about the system of developmental disabilities, Department of Health, and services that are out there. Um, yes. It's just a huge system to navigate. And many of our parents who have had that experience and gone on before can help some of the newer ones. Mm -hmm. You know, n knowing what to ask for. Oh, I didn't know I could receive that service. Well, you need to ask this way or mm -hmm. those kinds of things, very practical things that we can help each other as families. Yes. Oh, that's so encouraging. Don't do it alone. Families. Right. You're not isolated. You will not be alone. It, it will, you know, there are people out there. There are resources out there. Again, we've been talking with Esther McDaniel. Uh, she and her husband, Brad, are the Hawaii Regional Directors for Harvest Family Life Ministries. You can find them online at hflm.org. They also have a Facebook page, um, backslash HFLM Ohana, O-H-A-N-A, and these links will be up on the show notes as well. We'll have pictures of Kukul Closet. Again, this is a resource space for um, people, people to drop off clothing donations, diapers, wipes, school supplies, backpacks, um, bags, blankets, anything, cribs, yes. car seats, anything that that families who receive um, foster children maybe on short notice will need, you know, to support that. So encourage your local church as well to maybe start up a resource center uh, or donation center of some sort in this way. And contact um, Harvest Family Life Ministries. They are in the mainland as well across the nation and um, here in our very own islands of Hawaii. So thank you, Esther, for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for um, encouraging families today. And we're just praying that those who have that call in their heart will answer it and, and love on those kids as they come in. Yes, thank you so much for this time, Jen. Well, what an eye-opening conversation. The subject of foster care and adoption can easily be overlooked when we're going on with our own lives and our own families, but let's not forget the children in our cities and in our towns right now who need a loving home, pray about taking in a child or even maybe being respite care for a family who is fostering, helping them out so that they can have a break and be able to provide the best that they can for their child and the rest of their family. 
You've been listening to practicalfamily.org, where we are encouraging families to build strong foundations and healthy homes. Thank you.